0: I want you to turn with us tonight to first Samuel chapter 16. They can stay in the altar as long as they need to stay tonight. <clears throat> I almost did not preach and I just feel like the Lord will not let me get out of it. So first Samuel chapter sixteen, if you're able to stand with us tonight. Verse number 14, if you'll look with us. The Bible said, But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp, and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said behold I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing and a mighty valiant man and a mighty and a man of war and prudent in matters and com- a comely person and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son who is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that, David took a harp and played with his hands so Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Let's bow for prayer. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, God, that you'd speak to hearts tonight. You know every need. God, my heart is heavy tonight for those that may be here lost. I pray for their salvation. I pray that the Spirit of God would lift the... The scales lift the veil off of their eyes. May they see their need for Christ. If they're blinded by religion, I pray that tonight, God, that you'd make it real to them. If they're blinded by sinful pleasures, I pray tonight that you'd speak to them about the pleasures of sin is only for a season. God, I pray for those that may be here tonight that's saved, that's straying. Lord, I pray that, Lord, the sun would not set before they've repented and made things right with you. Oh, God, I pray that you'd be merciful Speak to our hearts and may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I am not. I want to say this tonight that I'm not preaching just to be preaching. I, I just have reached a place a long time ago that I can preach or not preach. And what I mean by that is if I don't feel like the Lord would want me to preach, i just soon go to the house. Amen. Or do something else. But I thought about the message that God had impressed on my heart this afternoon to to be preaching about and I thought about the need in our church and where that our church stands as individuals and sometimes as a pastor God just makes things so clear is what uh, needs to be said but in this text I think you'll see where I'm going tonight that in this text David in verse number 12 has been anointed in verse number 13 he's been anointed in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord comes upon him and God was anointed by David and uh, uh, or David was anointed by God in verse number 13 and then in verse number 14 the spirit of God just as he comes upon David he leaves Saul and I want to say tonight that I don't just want the spirit of God ever to withdraw himself from me and you say well preacher you're saved and if you're saved you're indwelled with the Holy Spirit and I understand tonight as far as my salvation is concerned that uh, we're saved and we're sealed until the day of redemption but yet at the same Same time, God can put us on the shelf, Amen. And God can withdraw His hand of blessing and His Spirit to the point that we have grieved Him, that He will no longer speak to us in that former that fashion concerning service. And God had withdrew His Spirit from Saul in this text here, and the Bible says that an evil spirit from the Lord uh, comes to him and He troubles him. Now I want to stop and say that uh, God, we know that He is not evil, neither tempteth He any man with evil. But what this text proves here is that, my friend, that the Spirit of God many times restrains the evil spirits from coming into our life. Whenever we turn our back on God or when we turn our back from the Lord, we are turning ourselves to this world and opening our heart to any kind of spirit that would want to seduce us. And while you may be saved tonight and cannot be <coughs> possessed with a demon or a spirit, you can be oppressed. And I want to say there is a lot of people in that condition, but Saul is in bad shape in verse number 14. He finds himself in trouble and the servant of Saul comes in verse number 15 and he has a plan and I want you to notice this plan tonight because it's very important. The Bible says that Saul's servant in verse number 15 said to him, Behold now an evil spirit from God trouble thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a heart and it shall come to pass when an evil spirit from God is upon thee, the Bible says that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servant, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. So here is the plan. Saul is in trouble spiritually and this servant steps on the scene and he says to Saul, he said I've got a plan. He said here's what we need to do. We need to bring a man that is a cunning player and let him play and drive that evil spirit out of the way. In other words the world is looking for a David and they don't even realize it. What they list in one verse uh, we'll find in another verse here in just a few moments uh, that my friend another servant steps up and he says I know a man that fits that bill. In other words there was a testimony given in these early verses that in verse number 18 this servant answers and he says I've seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is uh, cunning and playing he's a mighty valiant man a man of war, prudent in manners, a comely person, and the Lord is with him. So I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on the importance of a good testimony. The importance of a good testimony. You see what happens in our text tonight in the life of David that my friend is that the world is seeking out a man. The king needs somebody that will stand in the hedge and that will make up a gap. And can I say he doesn't need a soldier he doesn't need a man with a sword in his hand he needs a man that's got God in his heart he needs a man my friend that spiritually is able my friend not to fight the physical battle but to uh, to fight the spiritual battle that is raging in his soul and can I say listen my friend if there's ever been a time when we as Christians tonight need to have a good testimony it's the day and the hour that we're living in right now You see, David was anointed in these early verses that we read. Uh, The Bible said that Samuel came and he anointed David. Josephus says that uh, that David was probably about 10 years of age whenever uh, Samuel anointed him. Now, some commentaries say that he was probably about 15 or 16. You say, preacher, how do you think he was? Well, I don't have any idea because I wasn't there when he got anointed, but he was somewhere between the age of 10 and between the age of 16. Now, you young people hear me tonight your testimony is important it doesn't matter how old or how young you are your testimony is important tonight I think one reason God wouldn't let me out of this message tonight is for the young people as well as anybody else you'll sow seeds and you'll ruin your life in your 10 years that you'll never get back if you're not careful I'm telling you, you don't listen to another person in the youth group. You don't listen to somebody down the street. If somebody comes in this church and they start bragging about sin, you ought to rebuke them. Somebody say amen to that. You ought not stand by and listen. I don't, you say, preacher, do you know anything? I know some things, amen. I hear some things and I know some things tonight. And I want to say something to every young person. If you're going to sing in this youth choir, you're going to live right. Somebody say it, man. You're going to live clean, amen. You're going to live a pure life. Uh, it's important, friend. Our testimony is important. I'm not just preaching to the young people in this building. I'm preaching to the moms and the dads. Uh, hey, when you go out these doors, I remind you. And I remind myself, we represent. Number one, the Lord, amen. That ought to be enough for us to want to do right this week. But then number two, we represent Bible Baptist Church. Somebody say amen. And we ought to be careful how we live our life. And we ought to be careful the testimony that we have. And when we've sinned and when we've done wrong, we ought to get on an altar and repent. And we ought to confess it. And we ought to forsake it and come clean about the sin that's in our life. David was anointed by God. David was a perfect picture had a great testimony David as a young boy 10 to 15 to 16 years of age uh, young people you hear me here's a clean boy with a clean testimony that's still the best testimony that there is Uh, my friend David is a perfect picture of the Lord Jesus Christ Uh, he lived and then dwelled in the very town that our Savior would be born in Uh, my friend he was anointed by God and can I tell you the word Christ simply means the anointed one he is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a shepherd just like Jesus Christ. is the great shepherd and David wrote about that in Psalms 23 when he said the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. David though he was anointed king. uh, He was despised and rejected of his brethren just like Jesus was here on earth. Uh, And then whenever David was anointed, he didn't listen, go to the throne immediately. But you know what he had to do? He had to face Goliath. He had to face Satan, him Himself, and there was many trials and there was very many temptations before David ever got on the throne and when Jesus came into this world he didn't come in this world even though he was king and even though he was anointed amongst his brethren he didn't come in and just go straight to the throne he went to an old rugged cross he had to face the devil he had to face trials he had to face temptations my friend he was the king but the world didn't see him as a king and so it is with David but in spite of of all of that, David saw the importance of having a good testimony. I want to ask you a question tonight, right here and right now. What's your testimony like amongst the people that you're around? What's your testimony like amongst the people you work with? What's your testimony in the youth group? What's your testimony in the church? What's your testimony amongst your own family? My greatest fear as a preacher, growing as my children was growing up, is I didn't want to be one thing at church and another thing at home. And I'm gonna tell you, I failed God. My daughter's sitting here tonight. My wife's sitting here tonight, and they know that I am flesh like anybody else. But I tell you, I wanted to be real. I didn't want to say one thing here and go home and, and just drop everything that I ever said and let everything just be whatever we wanted it to be in the walls of our house. Uh, a testimony is important, and it's not just important out there. It's important amongst those that you live around. It's important amongst those that you walk with. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, we've got to be real. If we're not going to be anything else, we have got to be real, and we ought to be right. We ought to, listen, live our life clean and pure. We can't be sinless, and we can't be perfect, but my friend, we ought to be blameless, amen, and the reason I'm preaching this is because we're living in a day when everybody wants to erase the lines uh, and say, well, you can do this, and it's okay. You can do this and get by. Can I just stop and say something? I don't want to just get by in my Christian life, amen. Amen. Uh, God has been good, too good to me. He pulled me out of a life of sin. He's pulled me out of a life of hell, Uh, and how can I say this tonight? It may not be popular in this world, uh, but I don't want I want to just do enough to get by. I want to live for God. I want to live for Christ. He's been better to me than what I could ever deserve. And I want to give my life to serve him for his honor and his glory. Amen. And tonight our testimony is so important. Oh, tonight there's things that if I could go back and erase, I would erase them. We live in a different day when everything is on social media and everything is on the internet and when everything is put out there to to, to, my friend just surf the net that one day anywhere at any time if the devil chooses to but by the grace of God what you do now could very well pop up 30 years in the future. You better be careful what you do. You better be careful the things you post. You text, the pictures you take. You better be careful. I'm telling you, listen, you can say something now, and yeah, you can get right with God, but I'm telling you, listen, it's out there, friend and I feel this in my soul Lord give me this message early in this week and I've just been studying here in 1 Samuel 16 and 17 it's not by chance or circumstance or accident that God would have me preach this message tonight but David was a man that had a great testimony I see in verse number 18 that David was clever as the Bible says that he was cunning in playing in other words he had some ability he had some cleverness about him David wasn't just some dummy somebody's say man, David had a skill and can I say something? There's nothing wrong with having a skill in life. Uh, That's one thing that's missing in this generation of push button society. Uh, People don't know how to do anything anymore. You know why that is? Uh, It's not because God hasn't given them the ability. It's because they've not taken the time to learn anything. David didn't play this instrument. My friend, just because uh, it just happened by chance or circumstance, uh, you say well preacher, how did he learn? How to? play that harp. I'll tell you how he learned sitting on the back side of a prairie somewhere alone with God watching them sheep. David took that harp and he began to exercise. He began to do something that was productive. Hey, can I say something? Every one of us tonight ought to be doing something productive in our Do You know how most people lose their testimony? Too much spare time. Too much free time. In fact, when David sinned, you know when it was? When he stayed home. I'm telling you tonight, there's places that if I was to go, I could get myself in a world trouble. There's things tonight that you could be involved in, and they're not all sin, but it's just not the right place for a Christian to be. I'm just telling you, I remember a man that had made me an offer that was unbelievable just a few years ago. He said, I want you to come by my place of business. And he said, I'm gonna give you the deal of a lifetime. And I'm telling you, it was a great deal. So much that I said, okay, I'll see you on Monday morning. And uh, it was gonna save me about $100 a month. Uh, And when I walked in that place of business, the rock music was so loud. The heavy metal music was so loud. It would just about rattle your ears. And as soon as I walked in the Holy Ghost said, "You're not going to come here." And I went through the mechanics of the of the conversation, and I thanked him for the for the discount that was offered, and I went my way. You see, the devil will get you any way that he can. He's clever too tonight, you know. David had a skill tonight. Young people, listen to me. You're to have a skill. You're to learn how to do something for the glory of God. David wasn't playing listen country music on this heart. David wasn't playing heavy metal music on this heart. I'm gonna tell you what David was playing. He was playing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. If God gave you a talent, how dare you take that talent that God gave you and use it for the devil? You need to use it for the glory of God. If he He gave it to you. He can surely take it away from you. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to stand before God one day and they took their personality or they took their ability to do something that could have been used for the glory of God and they used it for their own self gratification or even worse, for the devil himself. I see that David was clever. I see in this text tonight that David was courageous. This is this man's testimony. The Bible says that he was mighty, violent man, a man of war. I remind you, David was just a boy. He's 10, he's 15, he's 16 years of age. But this servant did not see him as a boy. He saw him as a man. He saw him as someone that was a mighty man of war. You know what it was? It wasn't his it wasn't his stature because the Bible already tells us what his stature was. It was his heart. David was a man of courage. And hear me tonight, to live for God in this hour takes courage. I'm telling you to stand up for what's right takes courage. And listen to not go with the flow, to not go with the crowd takes courage. I'm telling you to live holy, to live clean, it takes courage. To dress right takes courage. Uh, I'm telling you listen uh, uh, to read your Bible in public takes courage Uh, to bow your head and ask the blessing over the food in a public restaurant takes courage Uh, I'm telling you you're being identified today Uh, even in a Baptist church sometimes uh, just to preach what's right it takes courage crowd that gave Jesus the most trouble it wasn't the publicans and sinners it was the scribes and the Pharisees The religious crowd fought Jesus more and I'm going to tell you, they're the ones that crucified him. Had he been left to Pilate and Herod, they'd have paid him no mind. But I'm telling you, the Pharisees, the scribes, uh, Isn't it it amazing that the war is not only on the outside, but the war is on the inside. And friend, if you're gonna live for God, you cannot be a follower of people. You cannot even be a follower of a preacher. I appreciate it if you love me. I appreciate it if you're loyal, and I believe there ought to be some loyalty to some level. But at the same time, I I hope that I don't tie you to anybody else uh, other than Jesus Christ. Uh, You're not to follow me. You're just to follow me as we follow him, amen. I've seen people preacher religion will last for a little while, but it'll always tell on you. Can I stop and say this? Don't have favorite preachers. Amen.'t don't, don't, don't build your Christianity around a man, not even your pastor. You ought to respect men of God. You ought to honor them. You ought to be good to them. But I'm telling you, this celebrity status that we have reached a day where I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos. I'm telling you, I don't want to attach myself to any preacher, and I don't want anybody attaching themselves to me, because I'm going to tell you something. If you watch me close enough, you're going to see my faults. You're going to see my failures. I live in the same tabernacle that you live in, and we got ourselves in real trouble when we started making celebrities out of preachers. I'm telling you, listen, they're just men. They're men of God, but they're just men. I'm telling you, by best, I'm just a man I need God every day of my life and I'm telling you friend our testimony is so important David was clever and David was courageous but then I see here that David was commendable the Bible says in verse number 18 that he was prudent in matters that means that David was careful in his thought process in other words David didn't just say the first thing that ran through his head Oh, I wish some people could memorize this. Write it in their forehead. Just cause it goes in here, look at me. Illustration, I want to give you an illustration. Just cause it's in here don't mean it needs to come out here. You ever heard people say, well, I just speak my mind. Please don't. My mind, I'm telling you, I don't want to speak my mind. If I said everything I thought, then my testimony would surely be ruined and so would church. Uh, I'm telling you, the Bible teaches us that we're to pray that the Lord would help us to set a watch before our lips. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, we're to hold our tongue. We're to hold our peace. The word of God said, we're to study to be quiet. Uh, We're to choose our words carefully. We're to be circumspectly when it comes to our words. And David was a man that did not waste words. Uh, He was prudent, meaning that he was commendable. When you was around, David. You didn't have anything but good things to say about him. What do people say about you? What do they say about me? What's my testimony? Amongst others, David was not only commendable, but the Bible says here he was a comely person. Meaning that David was a man of honor. He was a man that was deserving of respect. We're talking about a ten- to a 16-year-old boy. That when you got around him, he was an honorable man. You see, tonight we live in a world that, where a lot of Christians say, well, when somebody's not doing right, they want to pat them on the back and say they're okay. That's not, that's not being a Christian. Amen. When somebody you knows is, know is living in sin, patting them on the back and telling them it's okay is not being compassionate. It's compromise. The Bible says, "Open rebuke." That doesn't mean you got to be red-faced and your your fists locked up and and being and, and your teeth gritted and being mean. But no, the Bible says that open rebuke is better than secret love. In other words, brother Jack, if I know the truth about something and I hide the truth from you, I really don't love you. But if I'll come to you and kindly say, "Now, brother, that's not right," and let me just be a way, let me give you a word of encouragement, let me help you a little bit. Uh, listen, that's what that's the kind of man that. David was. He was an honorable man that would do the right thing. He would say the right thing, whether he was in private or whether he was in public. You know, this bothers me. This bothers me that it don't bother some people. That they can pick up an instrument and they can stand behind a pulpit, or they can sing in the choir and all the while living in sin. And it don't bother them. They take the religious mask and put it on. They'll even stand in a pulpit with a Bible and preach. They want to be something about how we live that says something. They want to be something about... The, the places we go and in society we, it ought to matter what the what our what our peers and what our what, what our friends, what our what our family members, what they think about us and you saw oh, but preacher, you can't please everybody. No, but you ought to at least try. Because the Bible said we're to live peaceably with all men. As much as possible. We ought to keep ourselves clean. There's things tonight that we probably should not even be doing if it's damaging to your testimony, if it would take away from what people would think about. You know, there's some things tonight that I don't have a bit of Bible on. I mean, as far as saying they're wrong, I I don't have a verse of scripture. But I'm not gonna do them either. It's not because I think I'm holy. It's not because I think I'm better than nobody. It's just not worth my testimony. I'm not giving my testimony up. For certain things, just if it would make somebody think less of me as a preacher or less of me as a Christian, I don't want to do those things because then that influence is gone and you can't never get that influence back and if that influence is gone, how can I reach people? How can you win your family? How can you win your friends? David was consecrated. Notice the Bible says in verse number 18 that the Lord is with him. Now this isn't David talking. But this servant says, hey, I know somebody. I know a man that's got the very testimony you're talking about. We're talking about lost people. And said his name's David and he lives down there in Bethlehem and said, boy, that boy can play a harp and I'm telling you, listen, he's just an honorable young boy and boy, he's got a lot of courage. He killed a bear and he killed a lion and I'm telling you, listen, but I tell you what I have noticed most of all about him, the Lord is with that boy. Do people know that the Lord is with you? You see, tonight David's testimony is reported in this verse. It's also recorded. I think about David and how that David is just living his life. In 1 Samuel 16, he is going through life just living as a Christian, and he is on the backside of this prayer he'd watching a few sheep. And one day he summons and he comes to his father, and there stands his preacher, and Samuel is standing there. And Samuel takes that horn of oil and he anoints David. And as that oil is dripping off of David, it's very quite possible that even Jesse and those brothers had no idea you see the people appointed Saul as a king but they had never seen a king anointed by a man of God and so it was even hidden no doubt from Jesse and those brothers but there stands David I'm sure listen Samuel knowing exactly what the Lord told him in uh, Samuel 16 in verse number 1 he may have leaned over in David's ear and revealed to David you're going to be the king see it pays to do right because you don't ever know when God's going to come calling. Jonathan, you don't ever know. Here you are in this church, raised in this church. I, I remember when you come in here and you was in diapers. And you've just been in this church all these years. You don't ever know when God's going to come calling. It's the years of faithfulness sitting on that church pew. It's the years of being tucked away in this crowd and hid somewhere unseen and unknown. You boys sitting here tonight and I'm telling you all over this congregation, even these young girls and that little boy sitting there tonight, is tucked away in this congregation but you and I don't see things the way heaven sees them tonight. Heaven's looking down on this church and God's looking further than just today. He sees tomorrow and he sees way out yonder somewhere and we don't know but what God may be prepared parent of David in our very midst God may be raising a preacher up in our very midst you don't know that God has got a missionary's wife sitting here on a pew somewhere or just some good godly deacon that's going to be raised up in this church the fact of the matter is if you sell your testimony out you lose that opportunity could never be yes you can find forgiveness you can find repentance and you can get right with God But you can't never change the testimony that you have tonight. I'll close with this thought. David, his testimony is pinned down in the pages of the scriptures. The one thing about the Bible is is it doesn't hide anything. If I'd have been writing the Bible, I'd have made David nothing but a hero. But God starts out with Victory. And ends in defeat. If I'd, have been, if I'd have been writing the Bible, I'd have stopped whenever Peter said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living." I'd have left that chapter out where he denied the Lord. But God don't leave that out because that's His testimony. The Bible says that we live our life as a tale that's been told. And when you read a story, you know what happens when you read the story. I was reading a book the other day and it wasn't even a Christian book. It wasn't a bad book, it just wasn't a, it wasn't a Christian book. And I was reading the, this book because Brother Tim Green had told me about it and as I was reading through the book and I got interested in it and I thought I really won't be interested in this but it was very intriguing. And then, and then long close, to, almost to the very end of this book, the man in this story, he died. And he died from a self inflicted wound. And this guy had been such a hero, Brother Chris, that when I got to the end of it, I thought, man, that's not the way I wanted that to happen. You ever thought that? This guy's a hero. He goes to Black Ops and fights all, he, went, he, he, he wins all these medals and then he kills himself accidentally. And I thought, that's, I wouldn't have even put that in a book see here's what happened I was reading that book and I built this I built this man up in my mind and he was a hero but when he got to the when you get to the end the story didn't end the way I wanted it to but that's the truth that's the testimony that's the story it was disappointing to me but that's just the story of that man's life Sometimes that's the way it is in Christianity. How we live our life is so important tonight. And I'm going to tell you, I sat here, I struggled whether to preach because I I feel like this morning, I feel like this morning, I don't feel like I was preaching to a bunch of visitors. I feel like I was preaching to this church. I I feel like I was preaching to people in this church. Right here. And tonight I... I just beg you tonight, if you're not where you need to be at with God, get right with the Lord tonight. Don't ruin your testimony. For God's sake, don't don't ruin your testimony tonight. Whether it be with your tongue, whether it be with your flesh, whether it be out there in this world, I'm telling you the most valuable thing you have tonight outside your salvation is your testimony. As we stand, the life of David is a great life. But it's got its ups and its downs. And I wonder tonight, as our heads are about eyes are closed, if you need to come, would you obey God? Tonight, keep your life clean. Keep your heart clean. Keep your testimony right. Tonight, if there's something you need to put on this altar and say, Oh, God, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live that way. I, I, I wanna, Lord, I want to make this right in my heart. Then you do what God would have you to do tonight.